So we've asked ourselves the question, why don't we have boundaries? Why do we not have boundaries? We all would agree that boundaries are good, right? When they're motivated in love and by God. But why do we not have them? And you said there's two reasons why. There's at least two. Two that I found. (laughs) Uh, They're either unclear or unsaid. You don't know what the boundaries are or you just haven't articulated what they are. Uh, with enough clarity to be able to actually see them. And uh, the second one is they're unenforced. So either they're unclear, unsaid, or unenforced. And so, I I don't know, I think a lot of couples struggle with both aspects of that. Because like you said, I think everybody can agree, boundaries are good, they are proper, they are good for health in your marriage, and they are useful, as we typically say, they're useful for keeping good things in, bad things out. But how do we go about... um, enforcing these boundaries and clarifying what our boundaries are and articulating what our boundaries are. And so that's exactly what this episode is all about. And we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. So April fools on us. We already (laughs) recorded this episode literally like five minutes ago. And somebody didn't check my mic. So it sounds like I'm talking in the room somewhere else. It's your mic, not, not mine. So <laughs> Actually, you're you the should, controller. You're responsible for your own mic. You're the controller. <laughs> I just feel like you're encroaching on my boundaries of personal <laughs> space right now and my heart boundaries. So, <laughs> so uh, we are re-recording it, which is probably good. It's April 1st, too, when we're recording this. So it'll come out in like five days. <laughs> so April Fool's We for pranked us. ourselves. <laughs> Prank Sinatra. Prank Sinatra. Call me Prank Whoops. Sinatra. Dropping chords and things. Anyways. So it's all about boundaries. So this actually is the kickoff episode to a series, a weeks-long series. We'll probably cover them over the next three to four weeks, or two to three weeks, rather, on boundaries and the importance of boundaries, what they should be, what they could be, uh, how to enforce them all around marriage, and namely, Christian marriage rooted in the gospel, rooted in a biblical worldview. And so today is kind of an overview of what what the function of boundaries are, what kind of the philosophy and the form of what boundaries typically look like. And don't worry, folks, we're going to have a whole episode on boundaries and in-laws. It's true. <laughs> so don't you just buckle up. That's not this episode, but yeah. it is definitely coming up. So as we mentioned in the intro, the, one of the main reasons boundaries don't work or we fail to have healthy boundaries is because they're either unclear or they're unenforced. And so oh, we're going to give you an overview on, on what that could look like. Uh, here's the irony here, is that we live in a culture that is increasingly completely averse to boundaries. In other words, com- averse to any sort of limitation unless on the human experience. Unless it's their own. Right, unless, unless they're, <laughs> the they're, their own boundaries. And it's it reminds me of uh, the, the game show, uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? It says, where everything is made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> That's, oh man. That's what the culture feels like nowadays is that it doesn't really matter what it is. Right. Everything's made up because everyone's they're they're creating their own definitions of everything. Very postmodern truth is completely relative. Uh truth is is not absolute right. except for the truth that truth is not absolute. <laughs> so it's just it's Irony. a very ironic kind of 
hypocritical and just we'll leave it there fallacious so. culture that we live in <laughs> full of fallacies and frustration and frustrating things so as christian people it is it is it's our job to know god's word and to be able to call truth truth and lies lies and i think that is the very foundation of boundaries and that's what we're talking about today is how to how do we view boundaries correctly in light of god's word in light of his character and what he's given us both in his law but also in the the uh, special revelation in scripture and christ himself but how do we uh, how do we view those in light of culture and how do we enforce those uh, in our own lives in our own marriage does that make sense yeah okay very cool. So real quick before we do that, I am so encouraged. I'm encouraged for two different reasons. All right. I think it's probably the same reason, but two different avenues for the same reason. <laughs> and it is by are you, you, our beautiful, wonderful listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, you have been encouraging to us through ratings and reviews. Uh, we've gotten some of those recently that have been not so encouraging, but I'm happy to say that the not encouraging ones are far outweighed by the encouraging reviews. And the reasons those matter um, is because it helps people realize what kind of content they're getting into. So if you haven't yet, please take today, take a moment, take 30 seconds to leave a rating and a review in your podcast app of choice. That would help us greatly. It also helps future listeners. And you can trust that as long as God allows us to do this podcast, to do this ministry, we'll keep showing up for better or worse and do our best to point people to Christ and point them to the gospel and remind them who they are in Christ and just how awesome he is mm. and how worthy he is. Okay, that's what you can... You can uh, Take that one to the take bank. One, take that, thank you. Take it to the bank. Uh, the second way I've been encouraged is we've got, we just closed up our, our uh, month of March for mm-hmm. our new patrons. I think we had uh, over a dozen, I think 15 or so new patrons. If that's you, welcome aboard. I hope you've been enjoying the early releases. We actually are putting on our calendar uh, some exclusive Zoom um, conversations with our patrons. So exclusive. <laughs> so exclusive. <laughs> you're only invited if you're a patron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's my Hans voice because it's, <laughs> it's so exclusive. We joke about that because we um, think exclusive things are silly. Sometimes. Exclusive things are silly because boundaries matter, but not those ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you want to be within the patron boundary, um, how's that? You like that one? You know, segways are my are my part time job. <laughs> you ride segways? <laughs> yeah, I'm a mall cop. So what? <laughs> Um, the point I'm trying to make is if you want to be part of our patron community, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash fierce marriage. Um, we just ask that you do two things. You pray about it. If God leads you to support the Fredericks, fierce marriage, everything that we're doing, that you would pray about that. And if God leads you, that you go ahead and pull the trigger and do that. And trust. On the other side of that boundary, you will find lots of free goodies, namely books, rings, and even admission into Gospel Center Marriage, our online learning platform that is growing by the week. In fact, next week we're filming three brand new mini courses. Can you believe that? Nope. I'm a week-to-week person, sometimes day-to-day, so that's a little overwhelming to hear, but we'll be there. I'll be there with bells on. Selena's the person that when you send her a calendar invite, she accepts it five minutes before the meeting. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's that person okay you have three kids and tell me after that i do have three kids thank you well um, <laughs> touche gotcha point is if uh, we would love to have you as one of our patrons and uh, you can be the beneficiary of all the stuff we just talked about you're still talking about this Sorry, i didn't realize we're still talking about patreon patreon.com slash fierce marriage <laughs> i to get in there it's important people it matters all right i got a quote for you all right, I got me. a quote for hit you me. from gotquestions.org. Uh, they said, healthy boundaries define expectations and show respect for others. Biblically speaking, boundaries are related to self-control. 
the, hmm. Bima- the, Bimible, <laughs> the Bible commands us to control ourselves, whereas our human nature desires to control others. Hmm. Interesting fact, okay. uh, interesting quote here. I'm just, I'm so intrigued by that, especially given the whole postmodern discussion that we keep touching on uh, on this Well, podcast. we touch on it because it influences our world and we're learning how to set boundaries to keep worldly influence out. Right. So we'll just, okay. Again, I don't want to belabor this point conversation. Yeah. Segways are my job. Right? Just, <laughs> just stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is like everything in our culture is saying like, do not confine me. In other words, I or am conform me <laughs> or conform. I am self-defined, mm. self-actualized. I say who I am. I, and, and you have to say, what I say, who I am. This is not new, people. But the irony is, is the more you try to rid yourself of healthy boundaries, the more enslaved you become or the more captured you become to whatever sin. that thing is, yeah. to sin. And that's that's scriptural. That is, I mean, those words, that is that is Paul talking about being slaves to sin um, and but instead being made alive to Christ and we are made free in Christ. Okay, and that comes from the boundary of of conforming of humbling ourselves death to self death to self and so it's just well and it's subscribing not subscribing it's it's believing and walking out the fact that jesus said that he is the way the truth and the life he is the boundary he is the only way to god himself Mm -hmm. there's no other way we have been given instruction we have been given truth not just instruction but truth uh in the bible to follow and I don't know any other <laughs> boundary, right? Other than that truth of yeah. who God is, who we are. And it's history. so funny. Like the popular belief is like, hey, whatever works for you is your religion. All right. As long as you don't press it on anyone else. <laughs> as long as you don't tell anyone else that yours is the only way. And of right. course, they like Jesus until they read that verse that he's the only way, the truth and the we life. We like Jesus as a friend. We don't like him as our king and savior. We like him. Yeah. We don't, we want him because to be just the guy that, that kind of walks alongside us instead of the king who's reigning on at the throne. Right. And reflecting back to us how mm-hmm. we are called to live but and showing us the sin that only he can deal yeah. with and pull out of us. But here's the hypocrisy in that is that when you say that everyone's view goes, you're basically imposing your own worldview saying, listen, your worldview that he's the only way is, my my worldview is actually more correct that there's any way, and mm. the only way is the anyway. <laughs> and so, anyway, there's the point is is everybody has some sort of delineation here. Right. Everybody makes delineations, and that gets down to the root of what boundaries are, and we take them, we take those roots for granted. So, I think we're gonna talk through some of the um, kind of underlying principles that that reinforce the existence and the need for boundaries. Let's right. reiterate, though, kind of the failure in this. And and this is where most couples fall short and why boundaries are so necessary or, and why we don't successfully have them is because they're either, what, unclear? They're unenforced. Unenforced. Or, or unsaid. Third. I'm, I like this. I like the three. They're like you boundaries, right? Unclear, unenforced, and unsaid. Uh, because if they're not clear, we can't say them and therefore we can't enforce them. So they kind of work hand in hand. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. So as we're going through this, well, I, I just want you to be thinking through those three things. Like, what, what were you going to say? I just think we need to define boundaries a little bit. So yeah. by definition, their boundaries are limits, right? So if you look at a map, you see uh, state lines or you see rivers or something. These are all like limits, uh, a boundary of some sort, which is uh, a, a division showing one side and another. Uh, their walls or barriers, you know, you said they're they're meaningful, 
Right. So you look on a, a line on a map isn't just arbitrary. It means something. It right. means that this is, uh, this is what what's a boundary? This is Scotland. This is England. Right. <laughs> sure. We've been doing studying American history in, in our in school and so um, in our personal lives. No, in geography, <laughs> we've been doing the United States. The Mississippi yeah. River is huge, as most people know. It divides pretty much the whole country. Um, so seeing that big line right on the map tells me, it gives me a sense of where I'm at. If I'm looking at a map mm. or I'm trying to find where I'm at, I look for something that I know. I look for something that, uh, I'm familiar with and I can understand and say, okay, I am here. I'm trying to get here. Yeah. Uh, the ba- here's the, here's the path forward in that. And so they're orienting. Yes. Is they help us orient ourselves Thank with you. reality in real time and space. Yes. That, this is a revelation. This is a good thing we're recording this twice because, <laughs> uh, I mean, you think about it, how, how or, the orienting quality of boundaries and how they help you see like up from rightly. Down. They help you see correctly. Yeah. yeah. The contrast to Jesus saying, I am the way and the truth and the life is saying that anything else, everything else is not. Does that make sense? Yeah. The contrast is. Yeah. It's exclusive. Right. It's a very clear, uh, and it's the whole narrow gate thing. There's a right way. There's a wrong way. There right. are people who are, who will be allowed into heaven, into the eternal glory and presence of God. There will be people that we disallowed from that. Mm. And that's a boundary. And, and of course, that grates on our culture that there are some people that there is evil and evil will be punished. There is good and good will be blessed. Now, here's the thing is all of us are, <laughs> are fallen. We all of us fall short of the glory of God. Therefore, we are. Ba- that's why we have to follow Christ. We have to put our full faith, trust in him. Right. And that is at the very foundation of who we are um, as believers, of course. So I, I want to talk through kind of, so we talked through the faith component of it um, and the function of the functional aspect of boundaries. They keep bad things out, good things in, right. uh, they delineate, they orient, uh, they're meaningful, uh, they're strong, they're impervious. Um, so what about the philosophy of boundaries? What do you mean by that? Well, I want to kind of, you can go really deep into this, and I think that could be really boring, and uh, and it, we get over our heads really quickly. But the point I want to make here is that boundaries, by nature, they presuppose a standard. Right. Okay? They presuppose, or they assume, or they take for granted that there is a standard for goodness, truth, badness, right. and, and falsehood. Right. A, ba- a biblical view of boundaries is touch it's all about self-control so what are we controlling ourselves from or for right right it means that there is a better there there is a standard there's something better and something worse okay like there's objectively a thing that is on one side of the boundary and another thing that's on the other side of the boundary and so again that kind of bucks against our culture but um we can rest on it it might sound super simple uh but it's important to recognize that reality that as you talk about boundaries as we talk about boundaries in marriage and in life uh, we are presupposing that there are better realities and there are worse realities. Based on God's truth. Based on God's, yeah, and hopefully we made that case already, but there are better ways to go and worse ways to go. Better outcomes, worse outcomes. Well, and the thing is, I think about boundaries is that sometimes we don't know what's worse because we don't have that boundary, right? Boundaries are orienting. So mm-hmm. if we just call each other names as husband and wife and we're just, you know, there's no limits or boundaries on how we talk to each other or about each other, Mm-hmm. We may not know that this is really des- destructive to our marriage, to our relationship, to how we think about each other. So until we put that boundary in place and say, okay, we're not going to call each other names. We're not going to say these things uh, when we're absent from one another. Like, Then yeah. we can begin to 
see the growth and the thriving in that. We can begin to yeah. see the good in that. So I would take that even a step further and say we have that boundary. It is orienting, but we only have that boundary because we were able to look at God's word and and see him right. show us this is what healthy communication looks like. God's this is what word listening, is speech, clarifying, yes. self-awareness, empathy, yes. sympathy, whatever that is. So the point the point being made that they are orienting, they're important, but they presuppose that there is a right and a wrong. There's a better way. Okay, and so you have to acknowledge that in your marriage. And you have to, I mean, you can acknowledge it listening to this, but here's the thing. Do you acknowledge it when you're in the middle of a struggle, when you're in the middle of a fight, when you're in the middle of making a questionable financial decision, when you're in the middle of sexual tension, do you understand, acknowledge, and articulate and defend the boundaries that 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 are there? Right. You say like, talking in this way is unhealthy, therefore we will not talk in this way. What and happens then, is we don't enforce it. Right, because the moment comes, the emotions are hot and, mm-hmm. and just enthralling, right? They're taking us over. And we just want to throw all boundaries mm. out and we want everybody to know it and we're just going to be loud speaking from experience here. And this is why you said, I love what you said at the beginning, it's all about self-control because a lot of times we know the boundary, we don't enforce it because it just feels better or it's easier or it's more expedient to do whatever we want to do. Right, boundaries and, require something of us. And throw off that restraint. Right. And that's not healthy. And I think it's important. If we can, I would like to jump to what boundaries require of us because I think okay, yeah. it'll set us up for talking about them a little bit more in the biblical sense as well. So boundaries require uh, discipline. Uh, the word we like to use is probably self-control, I'd say, yes. um, which is a fruit of the spirit. We enforce the boundary, trusting that the response will promote growth. Uh-huh. Um, disciplining meaning, you know, it's consistent. It's coming back to it. It's, I'm going to, you know, you just you think of the toddler who's just going to hit that boundary as much as they can. And eventually they learn over time that the boundary is immovable and I need to respect it. Or it's like hitting a wall sometimes, literally. If you hit, if you take your fist and hit a wall, keep hitting it. Maybe it's a concrete wall. We should take that because sometimes people can punch through it. But if it's a concrete wall and you're hitting it, at some point you're going to realize, okay, this is a boundary. I cannot go through it anymore, which is why it requires us to, huh. to have self-control, to be disciplined because growth can only happen when those boundaries are in place. If we're not, if we have, mm. if we have nothing around us, nothing protecting us, nothing uh, driving that growth, uh, we we will just continue to go wherever, do whatever, say whatever. And there's yeah, there's no safety in that. There's no assurance or huh. confidence or anchoring in that. That's really interesting. So you you use the word discipline, and as you're talking, I kept thinking of the word governance. Sure. And that's maybe a little bit too bland of a word, but I think of those those mapped those lines, right? Geography like maps. The, and, the, yeah, yeah. And how there is a, a governing boundary. Like this yeah. is, this is within the scope and purview of this governance, this right. government. And so when you talk about self-discipline, you're basically talking about self-governance. Right. I am, I, I am, I am adjudicating, <laughs> if you will, or whatever the term is, I am discerning what is right, what is wrong. And I'm enforcing that. Right. And so, yeah, it does take self-discipline. Now, we we have agency in this. God has 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 asked us and commanded us to live with self discipline. Read Proverbs; it, ta- it delineates between the lazy, the slothful person, the diligent person, the wise man, and the fool, right. and you know so on and so well, forth. This governance is a, is a fruit of the spirit. The self control is uh, indicator mm-hmm. of the work of yeah. the spirit in our lives. So this is the first thing, and we're going to go through five different things that boundaries require of us. Okay, so governance or self discipline 
is the first one. The second one is trust and obedience. And I, I love this, Lena. Can you ex- expand on this a little bit? Uh, trusting that being obedient to God will bear fruit. So trust and obedience, they have this type of relationship where I may not trust sometimes as much as I just need to obey, right? Or I need to obey, but it's it's taking a lot of trust for me to do that. Or right. you, if you can understand that relationship, right? I, maybe I didn't do it justice no, this I think time around. But they're definitely co- they coexist, but yes. sometimes in different instances, it's easier. F- the challenge is more in the trusting versus the obedience. Sometimes it's more in the obedience than the trusting, right? Hmm. The, the weight falls to one of those. So here's a, here's a I think, a poignant <laughs> application <laughs> of that is if you're in a marriage and it feels really hard at the, at the moment, or maybe you're going on six months of we haven't connected, where our intimate life is decimated by whatever, for whatever reason, uh, and it's just, it would be easier to walk away right now. It would be, it would be, but what keeps you from walking away? Well, there's a boundary around your marriage. It's called a covenant. And you know that it's, you know, in your head and hopefully in your heart that it is a God ordained boundary, a God designed boundary. You're trusting not that. just to trap you in, yeah, but to help you give you a place to flourish, not just so you can be happy. And that's Gary, Gary uh, Thomas. Thomas. He's at mar- What if he asked the question? It's this perennial question. What right. if marriage was not just about your happiness, but it was about your holiness? Mm-hmm. So if we, again, boundaries presuppose a good and a bad, a right and a wrong. Not only that, eternal boundaries, okay, eternal, they presuppose an eternal good and eternal bad. And so the point I'm trying to make is it, we, can judge, we can judge too hastily the, the, the goodness of the boundary based on our immediate uh, result of enforcing that boundary. Okay, so what I'm trying... So in, in the covenant of marriage, if it seems really hard and it's, it, you're not happy in that marriage and you forget that marriage is maybe about an eternal good, that could be your sanctification. Mm. It could be the sanctification of your spouse. It could be showing you a more vivid picture of Christ's love, mm-hmm. a more vivid picture of the gospel. Okay. And if you forget that, then we could probably, you, you'd be tempted not to enforce that boundary. So right. that, and so it takes trust. Right. It takes obedience and you obey because you trust and you trust in the process right. and you pray that God can bring you around to the other side um, as you as you conform yourselves uh, to his way. Well, and often there's a submission piece to this as well, submitting uh, our own desires, maybe our own uh, emotions that we would rather yeah. express in a more explosive way, uh, submitting and trusting and being obedient that, you know what, I don't have to express that right now. I can trust that God said, yeah. Uh, my my anger right now is not going to produce the, his righteousness, so I'm going to just rest and wow. quiet myself right now. Great. So uh, the third thing that boundaries require of us is, and I love this, Lena. I want to hear you expand on this a little bit more, is boldness <laughs> and clarity. Boldness and clarity. We cannot be wishy-washy uh, yes. about our boundaries, which, again, would enforce us or force us, I guess, to be clear it forces us to have clarity. It forces us to be our identity, our identity to be anchored in Christ and not in the response of what this boundary is going to hmm. um, cause, right? The the effect that it's going to cause hmm. uh, with the people involved. But clarity is an absolute must. And if you can't be clear about a boundary, then you need to go back to the table until it's clear because yeah. there's being having something. It's not even a boundary. I would argue it's not a boundary if it's not clear. There's yeah, wishy washiness everywhere. Then well said. it's not going to help anybody. It's just gonna yeah. it's gonna bring harm and confusion and frustration. 
Yeah, and it's not going to actually do what boundaries are designed to do, and, yes. and it's to to delineate between a right and a wrong, exactly a better outcome and a worse outcome. Right. And so that's why if you're in a if you're in a marriage and you say you, you're on a, a bad streak of communication and, you're, and your communication is completely soured, gone toxic, um, a, a healthy boundary in that place that's bold and clear would be. I'm not going to allow you to speak to me in a way that is demeaning, that is manipulative, mm-hmm. that is now you're not doing that in a way that is I gotcha and I'm gonna now I'm gonna stonewall you. Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about understanding cl- with clarity and with boldness that you are a person made in the image of God, of equal value, worth and importance with your spouse. And th- there's a certain level of communication that is that is appropriate mm-hmm. in that relationship. And there's another part of communication that's inappropriate. And so you have to be careful in how you enforce these, which actually we'll talk about uh, at number right. five here. But the point is, is you have to know what those are so that you can boldly and humbly, I would say, enforce them. Right, right. Okay, so, and this actually um, leads to number four um, of the fourth thing boundaries require of you, and that is vigilance. Right. I think uh, there are times when we feel like we can just enforce this boundary for one. Okay, so here's a clear example. Um, around pornography. Like if, if a husband goes to his wife and says, I've been struggling with this. I want you to know about it and I want to be free of this. I'm going to start meeting with my accountability group. I'm going to start getting, I'm going to, you know, we're have all these transparency measures in place. Okay, good. Now this, we've drawn a boundary around this area that this is okay. This is not okay. Looking at pornography is not okay. Uh, being pure is okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's within the boundary. Now, if you don't enforce that boundary, you know, you're not vigilant with it. Right. Um, there's a good chance that boundary won't do any good. And so it, the husband has to enforce it. That's self-governance. And the wife can help in that. Now, I want to be careful. It's not the wife's job to make the husband holy. Right. No. It is God's job. and God. And, but, the, but God wants to use us to sanctify one another and to encourage and to help and to edify Sharpen, one another. Yeah. And so those boundaries have to be policed. Maybe and and they can start to loosen up as the integrity grows, as your your neural pathways are rewired, and that addiction loses its stronghold. Right. Then you can start to say, okay, now, uh, you know, now maybe you don't have to meet with your accountability group every every week. You can meet with them once a month. Or I'm not asking you these hard questions every night. Instead, I'm just asking you once a week. Right, because um, there's so, growth that has been allowed to happen yeah. within the smaller boundaries, which then will extend the boundaries a little bit further. Mm-hmm. But you can't just send yourself off right okay we've taught we've had one talk here's the boundary and now i can have free access to the internet at any time no questions right it's i would tease that a little i'll tease this out of your response real fast is that the boundary around something like that is fixed it's not going to change like my sexual purity integrity is not going to expand at all what's going to happen is the vigilance with which i need to guard that boundary is maybe i can lessen up on the vigilance thank you for your clarity that okay. was good. But, um, but but what you're saying applies in other instances where it's maybe... Um, like finances. Yeah, exactly. Where the at one point in our marriage, the financial boundary was we don't spend $25 without talking to each other right. first. And that that boundary can grow. Right. Um, to $28. Yep. To, where, to so, its present. <laughs> to its present. $28.50. Amount. $28.50. Um, then the... We have, I think we have two more, but... With the vigilance, uh, I would say hand in hand goes love and patience uh, in in enforcing the boundaries because they can, it Mm. can feel hard. It can feel like you're hurting your spouse or hurting your in-laws or push, they, you know, the circumstances, they 
push you to feel like you just want to give up. Like, I just mm-hmm. want, I just want there to be peace. And I just, I got to, I just want to make it so there's no conflict, right? There's a lot of us that are out there that are just conflict yeah. averse, <laughs> raising both hands here. And so you'll let the boundary get encroached on. Because, <laughs> or go away completely. Because you just don't have the guts, frankly, to say, uh, you're How not going to, don't you. let my kids watch 10 hours of TV right. when they're at your house. <laughs> but see, in those instances, <laughs> we really is. need to remember the promises where, again, there's this trust and obedience in God's goodness and his truth that he's given us. Right. And so in those instances, I've got to be, when I need to like police you in a certain way, right? We've given each other permission, say we're, you know, dealing with pornography and there's an addiction here and we've given each other permission, like you've given me permission to ask you questions and to uh, check in on you and police you. I hate using that term, but with love and with patience and with the policing uh, is, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't use that term. I would it's just not say that. it's, it's, um, it's like co-traveling and uh, it's you're walking helping. your fence line together. Yes. You're walking your fence line together yeah. of your covenant and you're checking in in a loving and patient way, knowing that mm. the, the road ahead could be long. It could be difficult and it could yeah. be, not over as soon as we always want it to be, but we're trusting God's goodness in the healing process. We're not just going to uh, yeah. forsake making true peace just to keep peace, if that makes sense. Okay, so we're talking about what boundaries require of you. Uh, we're talking in that about love and patience. Now, I would add to this love and patience piece that sometimes love and patience means you have to repair a boundary that's been broken. Right. A fence that's been knocked down or a, you know, a wall that's been crushed and you need to take do the hard work of putting those stones back in place and remembering why they're in place mm-hmm. and communicating and that takes patience yeah. and love and communicating that remember we talked about at the beginning that we don't have boundaries because they're either unclear they're unset or they're unenforced and so if we can enforce boundaries with love and patience mm-hmm. i think those are markers of a, a believer enforcing boundaries rather than an unbeliever that would just yeah. There would be no love and patience. It just is what it is and you have to deal with it, right? So yeah. a mark of a mark of a believer is someone who can enforce boundaries uh clearly but with love and with patience and wisdom. And we see that modeled in in the New Testament namely in how to rebuke uh, a fellow believer who's yes. caught in sin. Yes. And how to go to another believer when you yourself are in sin. Yeah. So uh that's that's love and patience. Um and this one, I think, it's technically the sixth one. I think it could be folded up into the fifth one, but that, you seem to like it to be separate, is empathy. Um, so what do you mean by that? Em- boundaries require empathy. Um, because I think that it requires the person enforcing the boundary to seek understanding of yeah. the other person or party or wherever the boundary and division is going to happen because mm-hmm. um, it'll help set the trajectory right for that boundary. So I'm not going to set a boundary... Uh, it may seem hurtful. So, gosh, what's a good example of setting a boundary? So with, you know, in-laws, right? We will set a boundary. Possibly you're saying I'm, we're not going to allow them to uh, talk about our marriage in this way. Like they need to be advocating for it and not um, being adversaries and pinning us against right. one another. But we need to understand that they're probably just at some point trying to protect their kid, right? There's just, I'm trying to empathize. Maybe they grew up in a certain way, trying to grow our understanding of the other person in order to have a healthy boundary in place and one that we can communicate in a way uh, that is loving Mm. and that shows or models patience to them rather than, um, you know, just policing them. But you can't always control how somebody's going to respond. I just, I think empathy is a big piece to, to help us, 
enforce boundaries in a Christ-like way. So you just use the words loving and patience, <laughs> which is the one before it, which is why I feel like I empathy is such a component of yeah. being loving yeah. and being patient. Um, Absolutely. And so, yeah, in That's other words, not fine. just being so, it into not it. Just being so <laughs> one-sided yeah. that you only care about your side of this boundary. Now, see, in the case of like in-laws, you're not keeping the in-laws out, but you are saying that this toxic behavior is not allowed. Yes. And if they can't seem to detach themselves, they can't detach themselves from the toxic behavior, then that means that they're not allowed in. And so that's, that's for the health of your marriage. And, 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 but the, the empathy piece and the love and patience piece says, listen, we want a relationship with you, Mm -hmm. but it will not work. If it's like this, if it's like this, if you are constantly either complaining or you're constantly nagging or you're constantly berating or talking badly of my spouse or, you know, whatever that behavior is, um, and that's just one example. I mean, you could use this for any relationship, really. The point is, is it's the person is not kept out. It's the behavior that's kept mm, out. Yeah. And that's important to remember. Um, okay. So we were going to build a big kind of biblical case for boundaries. <laughs> and I think some of that's important. Some of it's good. I think I'll just, for, for today, we already went through this in the first version that didn't, <laughs> that didn't make it, <laughs> um, that had to be buried and, and we sacrificed it. <laughs> Um, the point is, uh, is that boundaries are created to protect and delineate. Okay. And when they're transgressed, they create more boundaries, namely around relationships. And that's what we just talked about. Right. And so really quickly, I'm not going to go through the original spiel that I had, cause I think it might, it doesn't feel totally relevant. Right. But if you look but at the Bible chronologically and the events that happened, it's riddled with boundaries, whether yes. they're, they're physical boundaries, uh, moral, ethical boundaries, you know, biblical, legal boundaries, God's law. But the big one that I wanted to, that I want to look at here is in Eden. Okay, so in the Garden of Eden, which itself was a, a bounded place, a, a perfect place, where God decided to begin creation, um, or at least begin the mankind, uh, and then He placed within the garden another boundary that says you can eat of every tr- every tree that is good for eating. But do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That tree is off limits. That's the boundary. Right. Do this. Don't do this. This is right. Eating of it is wrong. Not eating of it is right. And so the point, be, we all obviously know how, how that ended, is they ended up transgressing the boundary. And what did that do? Is it, it cast them out of the perfect place. That boundary, they're no longer allowed within that boundary. Right. Perfection. They're cast out of Eden. And they're no longer allowed to have unfettered um, community, community with, God. with God. Right. And so it created this relational boundary. And so uh, we went on to say and how you know, the promised land is a, is a boundary around God's specific land for his specific people. There are delineations between um, between realities, good reality, bad reality. What I want you to talk about the veil being torn because we're coming up on Easter. We're in Holy Week right now recording this. Um, but I felt like that was a big piece to the last time we went through this. Well, okay. Of- okay. So speaking of Adam and Eve, the, the, the fractured relationship, the boundary that was put up between God and man, yeah. namely the boundary of sin, um, and the way that man was able to commune with God uh, throughout um, the history of Israel was through the tabernacle when they were in the, in the wilderness and through the temple when they were in the promised or when they were in the nation of Israel in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was the place where they would go to commune with God. But the thing is, is that not everybody was allowed to go in there. Mm. Only the priests Holy and Bites, only the high, yeah. The, yeah. And they were allowed to go in there and do the specific thing to follow God's law, to make right relationship with God, to be, a, to atone for their sins. Yeah. And that was the only way. But here's the beauty of it. And as we go into Easter, as we go into Good Friday, which is tomorrow, when Christ 
said on the cross, it is finished what happened at that moment. Mm. The veil tore. That that boundary that was between us and God was obliterated. It was torn and it was satisfied that that perfection that we couldn't attain was attained by Christ and the sacrifice that we deserve to give was given by Christ on the cross. He paid the price for our sin, but then he did what? He gave us his righteousness. Mm. He imputed to us his righteousness and that boundary has been obliviated. But then Christ comes again to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So mm. he has He has created this conduit. <laughs> I don't want to use that term. That's a weird term. But the point is, because it can have new age connotations, but he created the way for us he to be. So he is the way. Yes, that's way more accurate. <laughs> he became for us the way to know God. And uh, and so that, that, that to me is a beautiful truth. When we talk about boundaries that there was this boundary between us and God. And, uh, and now Christ has given us a way to the, tr- it's powerful. To the truth in life. It's powerful. In a similar way, and this is why I want to bring it back to marriage, is that we can feel like our marriages have this ir- this um, uncrossable schism, this uncrossable chasm. Uh, you, you might feel like your husband or your wife is on one end of it and you're right. on the other side and there's nothing that can bridge that gap. Right. There's been a betrayal. There's been a, lot, a lack of trust, a loss of trust, a lack of intimacy and relationship. You've completely lost the notion of what it means to be married to this person. And here we are reminding you that that was the case for you until Christ, until Christ came and he said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And to me, that's the hope of the gospel for every broken marriage is that God heals things we don't when we submit ourselves to him and we trust this covenant is good. I'm not saying that no matter your circumstance, no matter what happens, that if you just do X, Y, and Z, you'll be guaranteed uh, a faultless, good marriage. I'm not saying that, but I am saying you have hope and the hope is in Christ alone. And that's just a beautiful picture of what it can mean for marriage. And there's all kinds of analogies in the Bible around marriage and um, Christ and his bride, the church, and and what it means to have that intimacy. And anyway, I I won't go into into that and the exclusivity. Point is, boundaries are good. Boundaries are right. They're healthy, but they must be enforced. Uh, They must, and they require a lot of us. So quickly, in about in the next five to ten minutes, I just want to talk specifically around some boundaries in marriage. Um, so we've talked about why we don't have boundaries in marriage, either unclear, unsaid, or unenforced. We talked about what boundaries require of us, discipline, trust and obedience, boldness and clarity, vigilance, love and patience and empathy. Now let's talk about areas within marriage that could benefit from having very specific boundaries just very quickly. Does that sound okay? Right. Cool. Uh, we've touched a lot, I think, on communication, having those boundaries. We just finished a series. You can go back and listen to it. And there's four or five episodes uh, right before this that talk about communication and the health around that, that boundaries require us to have yeah. Yeah. Uh, healthy communication. The Bible instructs us in how to speak to one another, how to listen to one another. Yep. Um, and it's not just arbitrary. There are no. like, that's the beauty of it is that we have, we have wisdom for how to communicate well. Right. And if we're just willing to submit ourselves to what those boundaries are, yeah. uh, we might actually benefit from them. Right. Um, Another area that we struggled with early on in our marriage um, was finances. Uh, we tend to, I think, as a culture, live outside of our uh, means uh, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Uh, but God has called us to live inside within our means to steward what he's given us well. So how would boundaries reinforce our stewardship uh, mm. of our finances how will boundaries help us to grow and thrive uh yeah 
and really flourish, I think, in the area of finances in order yeah. to live out, you know, blessing others and giving uh, yeah. more of our financial so I think pieces. on a very functional level, I mean, a budget is what is a budget if not just a right. boundary, <laughs> right? Boundary budget. Right. And so it's a boundary saying that this is how much we can spend on X, Y, and Z. And if we don't, then we will be outside of our budget and there's consequences for that. Yeah. Um, I think there are also a missional boundaries around lifestyle, around income, around yeah. spending, where if you say, um, we're not going to just maximize our consumer potential. In other words, we're not going to buy the nicest house, nicest car that we can afford. We're not going to go on the just nicest vacation. Just because we can afford it. Just because or we can we, afford them. Or we want it even. I yeah. mean, those are not... We're going to... Instead, we're going to question that. Yeah. And we're going to say, this doesn't matter to us as much as being on mission. And for us, being on mission looks like X, Y, or Z, Goodness. right? Goodness. You could say a mission is a boundary, right? It is. And that, then that we, we have a whole bunch of stuff on family vision statement and what a family vision statement is good for creating boundaries around what really matters to us and what, what we're going to therefore invest our time to treasure and talent into right. as a family. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I was talking to a friend. Um, I think this can go under maybe priorities. So I was talking to one of my, one of my good, good friends. Um, she also homeschools and we were talking about we're reading the Bible and we're talking about, are we teaching our kids, not only are we teaching them um, things to live for and how to live, but are we teaching them something worth dying for, hmm. right? Are we, is that boundary yeah. drawn there of saying like to live as Christ and to die as gain? And wow. so what, what am I just getting so consumed by, are they getting their math, they're reading, they're writing, and all of that in, yes, I need to be aware of that. Mm. And yes, there is formal stuff that you have to work through. But the ultimate boundary or goal is that I want to, them to know Christ, and I want them, and I can't always control that, right? We can set the feast, we can set the table, but as a parent, you can't control whether or not, even as a spouse, you can't control whether or not a person will respond to the gospel. That's the work of the Holy Spirit alone, um, or God, the Holy Spirit, all of that. <laughs> so am I in my priorities in what we are deciding to do and not to do? Are they falling under the weight of Christ? Like is, yep. is it worth living for and dying for? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of a big picture of priorities. I think in light of that, we could ask other questions around boundaries and priorities. Uh, look at how you spend your time right? Uh, and look at your calendar. That tells you what your priorities are. And I'm not talking like, Everybody has to work, make a living. We live in a you know post-industrial or industrialized society, in that uh, it takes forty hours a week typically for a husband to produce income. To, but what if your job is taking sixty hours a week, and what if ten of those hours are unnecessary because sure. you're trying to climb the corporate ladder, right. uh, and what if those ten hours are critical because of the stage your family's in. And if you were home an extra two hours a day, it would make a big difference. Yeah, boundaries so, are really questioning, I think, and pulling back some of the layers and asking why, 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 And so why. either that boundary's been unsaid. Or unclear. Or you've not been clear on, yeah. I actually care about my family in this way. Or you, that you have said those things and you just can't help yourself and you're instead you're, force, you're yeah. breaking the boundary consistently. Right. Um, and that could be also around how you're spending your time when you are home. Um, maybe you're spending way too much time watching TV or maybe you're spending way too much time, too much time playing video games just on your phone in general <laughs> or way too much time, you know, instead of just hanging out with the family and building relationship, maybe you're too busy remodeling or whatever that thing is like that is taking your energy 
hunting. I don't know. I'm thinking of hobbies that guys typically are into. Sure. I always just think of hunting and like <laughs> motorcycles for some reason because um, I don't do any of those things. <laughs> I wish I could. I'm not I'm not cool enough apparently. Uh, conflict. We talked a lot about conflict, but basically within conflict, you have uh, rules of engagement. I'm not going to call you names. I'm not going to use absolutes. I'm not going to say that you're just like your mother. Like there's certain things that just aren't. Unless you are. Just <laughs> there's certain things that just. just there's certain things that just aren't beneficial or fruitful. Right. And you can draw lines around those things and say this is better and this is worse right. let's do the better thing let's do the better um, thing uh, and now in, in terms of that's inside your marriage let's talk about outside the marriage so around your marriage rather um, so we've talked a lot about in-laws we'll talk about that at length next week um, uh, we also talked about we talk about in gospel-centered marriage uh, course having um, a guide couple yeah so somebody who is within sort of this boundary of our covenant, right, to a certain extent, and in the fact that they have permission to ask us hard questions about our decisions, about our finances. Uh, we can go to them with issues maybe around our intimacy that we're struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are within this boundary of, you know, there's this confidentiality, there's this yep. um, safety safety that will promote our growth and sanctification. Uh, another, I think, problematic piece would be it's a good and it's not, I hate to say problematic, but you and I, we've all, I think we've all experienced hard times around church involvement, um, and ministry. There are people, people are dysfunctional. Yes. <laughs> and Even so, if you're Christian. <laughs> right. And so how can we begin yeah. to delineate those boundaries if, you know, you're always serving always at the church and yet your marriage is suffering and, uh, you yeah. feel like your roommates are ships passing in the night, right? Yeah. So, um, what is what does the church and the body of Christ look like yeah. in terms of a boundary and, and interacting mm-hmm. with your marital covenant? Another one um, that comes to mind is including your spouse in conversations even when they're not around, speaking yeah. well of each other. That's a way of drawing a boundary around, hey, For guys, sure. we're talking, and I'm not going to joke around like the opposite sex. I'm not going to... That doesn't happen with our friends very much where that type of humor comes up, but some friend groups are like just really crude about when they see, you know, an attractive person of the opposite sex, you know, they'll just flippantly just joke. I'll say, no, like you could say that's a boundary I'm not willing to cross. I'm going to honor my wife or my husband in this way. I'm not going to entertain that. That's one way of drawing that line among your friends Mm -hmm. or just being like, um, you know, really clear with your coworkers that you're going to honor your spouse even when they're not there. Right. And again, it's not about, you know, policing and saying yep. my way is the better way and I'm going to do this. It's really, I mean, it, it's a mark of a believer, but it's also mm-hmm. moments, it's teachable moments too, to be able to show Christ in a different way yeah. saying I'm bringing honor to my spouse. I just want to honor them and how I mm-hmm. talk or don't talk. And when they're not here, like you're saying that I'm just trying to paint yeah. that picture a little bit more clearly no, um, I appreciate it. because that's where I tend to get a little nervous of <gasps> what are they going to think if I don't engage, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of the, the question. Yeah. So the, thank you. I appreciate that. The big picture here <laughs> is that boundaries do keep good things in. They keep bad things out, but they're not just arbitrary. They're there so that we might uh, steward what God has given us and flourish for our good and his mm-hmm. glory. Not in that order. <laughs> for his glory <laughs> and for our good. And so they're healthy. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be tackling kind of the most prevalent boundary-related topics. Right. Uh, we've talked a lot about in-laws here so and extended family. We're going to get into that at length, hopefully get really practical uh, and next week. The week following that, we're going to be talking about intimacy and technology and kind of the interplay between those two things and the boundaries necessary for both. Right. Okay, And then the following one is we, we're kind of up in the air. Selena's thinking about uh, parenting 
like being on like in unity as parents. Yeah, understanding why we set boundaries, what boundaries we set. And the and, and that does have an effect on your marriage. So we we have For to be really sure. careful. We want to keep the the marriage topic kind of at the forefront. I know. But um but th- but still we can talk about it. Or or <laughs> if you have any really pressing ideas, you can let us know and you can text in to this number 971-333-1120. Yeah. And if we get an, enough responses in the in one vein, then we'll tackle that. So if anything that we've talked about here has has resonated with you and struck stricken a note, uh, you can tell us and we can maybe uh do some research and expand on that in the final week of this series. 971-333-1120. You can just text it in to us and we will for sure see that and read it. Um, okay. So couples conversation challenge. Um, I think the the best conversation you can have given this episode is think about those boundaries in marriage. Um, I'm going to give you five topics right now. Communication and conflict, money, sex, priorities, and in-laws. Of those five topics, which one um, lacks boundaries in your marriage? Okay, and so ask yourselves that question and this, just talk about it. And if you want to go one step further, think about what's one simple boundary you can put in place uh, that you can make clear, you can say it and acknowledge it, and then you can enforce it. Um, I think you'd be on a, a path toward just a slightly healthier marriage at that point. <laughs> With that said, let me pray this out. Lord, I thank you for... Um, the couples listening to this, the husbands, the wives, I thank you for the willingness that they um, they have to better their marriage. I pray that um, you've used us to help them. I pray that you would um, enliven their word, or excuse me, enliven your word in their hearts. Yeah. And I pray that you would use um, use these words to encourage them, Father. And I pray I pray for the husband and the wife who feels like their marriage is hopeless, like they've lost sight of the other side of the chasm. I pray that you would give them hope that you can that you can do miracles, you can repair brokenness, and you have done it. So I pray that you would do that in their lives, in their marriage, um, for their good and for your glory. In your precious name, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... In the can. Once again, we'll see you in about seven days. So until next time... Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.